So good morning, Summit. Yeah. So throughout this week, as I was preparing for the message, uh, what I did, uh, actually, I had a conversation with my wife, and she had asked me this funny question. She said, are you going to the prayer meeting this Sunday coming up? And I said, and I laughed, actually. My first response was, no, of course not. I, I'm preaching on prayer already. And I was, I was thinking, in the morning, I'm getting ready, you know, to take care of the child and getting him ready and just hurrying out of the house. And, you know, I can spare that. And, but you know what? I, on second thought, I thought, like, you know, there was this grief upon my heart. And it's, it was just another excuse not to pray. And I've done that a lot. And in my journey with the Lord, I've taken a lot of shortcuts. But what happens is we end up just, or I personally just end up coming back to him and just circling back to him and humbling myself before him at his feet. So there's no shortcuts in our walk with God and, and our journey with him is definitely one where we fix our eyes upon him. And so that's what we're doing here today. And so I'm here today with no excuses and just to readily acknowledge and humbly acknowledge that there's no power and the preaching in the pulpit without the prayers of the people behind the lines that pray for the message that comes through. And so I just want to thank you for your prayers and just to know that together as a body of Christ that God will speak to us today and I get a sense of his presence even now as we speak. So today we'll be reflecting upon encountering God in prayer and what that looks like. So for starters, prayer is more than just simply talking to God or communicating with God, which it's often defined. It's much more than that. It's a sacred space where we personally communicate with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's a moment where we commune deeply in intimate fellowship with our triune God who is three in one and one in three. And in oneness with God, we come to the Lord with, in prayer and we posture our hearts before him in prayer. Prayer is a divine interaction between our creator and his creation. Together we are living creatures, a body of Christ that he has created for himself. And it's an opportunity where we come to him and we humble ourselves before him. It's a moment where we meet our maker and commune with him and enjoy that intimate fellowship and just express our true heart of hearts to him. And it's in this moment where the spirit of the Lord is the one who initiates the prayer. And he's the one who initially invites us into the prayer in the first place. But before we pray, we, it's essential to acknowledge that he is the one who's actually praying with us and through us according to his way and in alignment with his will as well, according to his divine purposes that he has set aside in that sacred moment of prayer. So above all, though, before we dive right into it, Jesus, who is seated on the throne, is seated on the, at the right hand of the Father, and he is the great high priest who lives to intercede for us, so he's already praying for us on our behalf in the heavenly realm. So that's a, the pivotal point to begin with as we start in prayer, that he's already praying for us and he's the one who welcomes us into his presence to pray with him and commune with him. So Jesus Christ is the son of God who sits enthroned over the heavens and the earth, the one true and living God. And he is the one who, who calls us to him. And together as sons and daughters of God, we too pray powerfully from that same position of authority that Christ prayed when, during his earthly ministry. So let that sink in, that we've been given that strength, that power, and that authority that Christ had and that Christ has given us to this very day. And so we commune with him in that place and pray from a, a place of authority. 
And we can only come to the throne of God because of Christ's bloodshed for us, for all of our sins. So we are perfect, we're whole, we're holy and righteous before God the Father because of Christ's perfect sacrifice for each and every one of your sins, past, present, and future. And so that's the only reason why we can come to, the, to God with that posture and even pray with him and listen to him carefully. So there is power in the prayers of God's people that are anointed by the Spirit of the Lord. And together we are a church of Christ and we are called to be a house of prayer. And God will move us in prayer as well. So when we stand strong, united on all fronts, together with him, together with one another, we can reach the ends of the earth, even in a single instant with a word of prayer that God leads us in. So with this in mind, practically speaking, how do we even encounter God in prayer? So there are three ways, among many, that we'll be exploring today. So the first way is through scripture, and particularly, particularly praying through the Psalms of God. As children of God, we learn to pray and speak to God as he speaks to us. The Spirit enlivens our, our prayers when we learn to speak his words back to him. And this is especially true when we're praying through the Psalms of God, praying through scripture. The Psalms is really a collection of songs, and uh, it's, it's written by various authors that are inspired by the Spirit of God himself. And some of the authors are like David, who's written essentially half of the Psalms, Moses, Solomon, and the list goes on and on. And they were all inspired by God to write down these scriptures. And it's known as not only a book of, of songs, but also a, bo a book of, of prayer as well. So these prayers of our forefathers are invaluable to developing our prayer language. This is where it originates from, from scripture. The vo vocabulary, vocabulary of prayer is essentially found here. And this is really where we discover who God is and we discover who we are in relationship with him and one another, and who we are together as one body and the church of Christ. So children, for example, when they reach a certain age, they will repeat the words that, that we say, even when they do not even know what you're saying in the first place. And the parent is responsible to teach them what they are to say and when they are to say it, even, even who they are to say it to and why as well. And at some point, the parent teaches the child the meaning behind the words that have been said. So likewise, together as children of God, our Heavenly Father speaks to us through his words. And at first, we may not know what our Father is even saying. And the Father is actually speaking to us, but it's by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that he actually translates that word to us at some point. So through prayer and meditation of the Psalms, the Lord unveils the meaning to us in due time. So we plead in prayer with the words of truth over ourselves. And we long so much for it to move from our head knowledge and to sink deep into our heart where we can really experience him in a real true to life relationship with God. It's in this place that we discover that a deeper and more intimate relationship with God, and we commune with him, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So no, it's more than simply intellectual ascent. It's not just an intellectual exercise, our meditation with God. God is the one who is moving us from our heart and our soul and just communing with us in, our, in the depths of our innermost being in our times of prayer. 
Through the process of prayer, he moves our hearts and transforms us to be more and more like him and less like us. And in this process, his thoughts that are far above and beyond each and every one of our thoughts combined essentially become our thoughts. And these thoughts become reality. And so it's very important to pay attention to what God has to say through his word because his word is what gives us spirit and gives us life. And his thoughts essentially become our thoughts in and through prayer as we walk through that process with him. So it's important to take note of that. Timothy Keller uh, on this note said in his book, Prayer, Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God. He said, we should listen and study, think, reflect, and ponder the scripture until there is an answering response in our hearts and minds. It may be one of shame or of joy. It may be one of appeal. But that response to God's speech is then truly prayer and should be given to God. So the, the Psalms essentially evokes a fuller range of emotions that tends to lie dormant within us until we draw it out. So until you delve deeper into the heart of prayer, you can re remain rather distant and unengaged with God, lukewarm and, and just kind of coming to church on Sundays, but throughout the week, it's no, no big deal. You know, it's one of those places. But when we draw deeper and deeper, to the very heart of God, as he welcomes us and as we receive that invitation, we can come to him with this heart and just understand even his heart for us in and through prayer. And so starting there is a good place to just know the very heart of God and also pray the very heart of God in times of prayer as well. So the Psalms can refresh our soul with gladness in his presence but of course, there's those times when our hearts are weary, but he will uplift us with newness of life in times of distress, in times of trouble. Wherever you are at in your life, in your circumstance, God will meet you there in prayer. That is, of course, if you come to him and his invitation is always there and an open door to you. So in the Psalms, you will discover that your songs of praise and your prayers of lament are offered up to the Lord with the same posture of humbleness and, and a posture of holiness before the Lord in heartfelt prayer. The Spirit places essentially a burden on our hearts and prepares your heart to pray the very words of God. So whether you pray it out or you speak it aloud or you mutter it under your breath, I would encourage each and every one of you to, to just do whatever it takes to have the very words of God cling to your heart and soul through prayer. It doesn't have to be lengthy. It doesn't have to be verbose. It just has to be a childlike prayer and come to him with a simple, sincere, and humble heart, and God will receive you as you come to him with that posture. So in John 15, 7, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Now, before we can pray whatever we will, we must ask and seek and knock at his door. Essentially, this is the door of Christ, and he is the one who has granted us access to the very throne room of God the Father. And he is the one who sits enthroned in the heavenly realms. And this is the promise of God to send forth a counselor, an advocate, 
who has anointed us with power from on high, which is the Holy Spirit himself, which is God himself. And the Lord invites us to ask for the Holy Spirit, not only to abide in us or indwell us, but to fill us to, until our hearts overflow from within us to the people around us for the advancement of the kingdom of God. So this leads us to the second way that we encounter God in prayer, which is by the Spirit or the Holy Spirit and listening to the voice of God. In Luke 11, 9 to 10, Jesus said this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. See, this is how we are to posture ourselves before the Lord. In prayer, to ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us until our hearts overflow completely. In prayer, we ask God for this good gift, which is the gift of God himself through his Holy Spirit that he gives to us. In prayer, we seek a face-to-face relationship with him and learn to walk in the light of his presence through prayer as well. And in prayer, we knock at his door, and his promises, or his promise to us is that this door would be open to us. And so it's very simple that we come to him as he invites us to come to him. And we come to him and ask and seek and knock. So the commandment of the Lord is to ask, seek, and knock. And this is the posture of the Lord, our posture of our hearts before the Lord in prayer. Another passage that really complements this is Revelations 3.20, where we are welcomed by the Lord himself. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if, everyone, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. See, the prompting is from the spirit of the Lord in the first place. And he is the one who knocks at your door in in this case. The previous passage at John is we knock at his door. But in this revelation passage, he is the the one who, who opens the door, who knocks at our door, the door of our hearts. So he says that if you hear my voice, of the Spirit, you're invited to open the door of your heart to him. So there's this kind of communion. It's a very intimate invitation to you. And it's through the very heart of prayer that God calls you to him and to commune with him. So essentially, this is the the precipice or the launching point of prayer because we are all called to pray as we are led by the Holy Spirit of God. But first, before we get there, we need to know the difference between the prayer of the mind and the prayer of the heart. And Andrew Murray, who is a prolific author and pastor, he he said this in his book, The Spirit of Christ, in the life of faith and prayer, there are operations of the spirit in which the, the word of God is made clear to our understanding and our faith. And, oh, and our faith knows to express what it needs and asks. But there are also operations of the spirit deeper down than our thoughts and feelings where he works desires and yearnings in our spirit in the secret springs of life and being which God only can discover and understand. The prayer of the mind is really formulated from our own knowledge, from our own intellect and rationale and essentially our own understanding of God's word. These are words or phrases 
or familiar memory verses that you keep hit, hitting in your heart that are repeated and recited in prayer over and over again as you meditate on it. And in ancient traditions, the, the saints in the monastery often would recite the entire book of Psalms, like one a day, and memorize it in, entirely. And they do, they do so to this very day, and for good reason. And in prayer, we learn to essentially draw out the word of God as he speaks to us. And what is prophesied in the book of Jeremiah to be already written in our minds, but also written in our hearts. So we come to the prayer of the heart, which is essentially when the Holy Spirit is praying within us. In communion with God, we intimately experience the Spirit of God leading us in prayer, giving us the words to speak as he speaks to us and through us through that time of prayer. The Spirit of the Lord compels us to pray the words that are too deep for even our own, own words to express. And the voice of God may seem unfamiliar at first, but closer than the air that you breathe. He may quicken your spirit so you speak even more quickly, or he may even quiet your heart where you speak at a slower pace. So pay attention as the, the cadence or the rhythm of how you pray or how you normally speak can actually have a change there. So there's a sense of his presence and there's a deep, deep communion there, a deep sense of his loving presence and embracing you in that moment to pray with you. So it's in that place that uh, we discover a deeper intimacy with God and we learn how to pray with him as he gives us the words to speak. The words of God may flow effortlessly even, like a barrier that is broken through and it bursts forth as we're praying for ourselves, as we're praying for others, or praying for whatever it is that he's placed upon our hearts. See, the interaction of the mind and the heart in prayer is akin to singing a new song. When you listen to a song, you, you first read it and you meditate upon it and the lyrics in your mind. And you start discerning the words and reflecting upon it and how it, how it personally resonates with your soul. And as you're drawn by the rhythm and as you listen to the melody, you hear the vocalist sing. And when you're ready, you sing along with the song. You sing along in harmony with the voice of the vocalist as your heart's desire. And in this place, you worship God with all your heart and with all your soul in response to his divine invitation to you to worship him in spirit and in truth. And you begin to praise God in the spirit as your spirit is carried along by the spirit of the Lord. And it's such a, a wonderful adventure that the Spirit of God leads us on in our times of prayer and in times of praise. And by the grace of God, you may be led to pray in times of crises, in times of ecstatic joy. There's many different moments in our life where we come to God and he wants us to come to him with a posture of prayer for everything. So it's a beautiful invitation that God gives us to commune with him and communicate with him and just spend time with him in prayer even. But it's important to remember that you cannot control the wind of the Lord. You can only open up the window to him, essentially. And also, we need to pay attention to the signs of his presence in order to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. So this leads us to the third way that we encounter God in prayer, which is through the signs. 
the signs of the nearness of God. So signs are indicators that the Lord is near. And it's a sign that God is speaking to you personally in that very precise moment. Signs are pivotal points to pay attention to because it's another way that the Spirit of the Lord communicates and it's an opportunity where he connects with you intimately and deeply. They are essentially guideposts that you're going in the right direction, not only for who you are to pray for, but what you are to pray for. So it's a very specific in how he speaks to you with signs as you pay attention to how he speaks to you, not only in words, but in many different manifestations as we'll get to in a moment here. So you may see a vision, for example, in your mind's eye while you're praying for someone in particular. It may be a word or phrase or a picture that you have and it can, essentially it can move the person as you intercede for them in, in prayer. So whether or not you divulge that detail to the person that you're praying for or you keep it in your heart in prayer, God has that vision there essentially to intercede in that very moment. And it's very important for you to pay attention to it and to have the sensitivity of the, uh, just to have the sensitivity within your heart to be able to listen to him. So at times, even when I'm praying for someone, I have a vision of them praying at the same time. And there's this kind of odd feeling of deep connection as if I was praying for myself in that moment. And it's as if this spirit, or it's as if their spirit was joined with my spirit and it was strung together by the spirit of God himself. And sometimes I ponder, you know, how many times have I actually prayed for people when they're praying for me at exactly the same time? It's kind of an odd feeling. But I'm learning to discern these visions because they're really prophetic and divine insight that God gives you in order to intercede for people. So that's, a, that's something to pay attention to, which is a sign of his nearness and his closeness to you and his welcome to you to be able to, to pray for the people of God. The Spirit may even reveal to you a dream or night terror through, throughout the night that prompts you to pray urgently for someone that is on the very heart of God in that moment. There may be go, they may be going through a stressful time or under the attack of the enemy, even in the middle of the night when the battle in the heavenly realms can seem more prevalent. God can wake you up in the middle of the night and he, you may be wide awake and alert and you may wonder why. And then there may be someone or something that's placed on your heart in that very moment. And you, I would encourage you to pay attention to that. Oftentimes, the Lord welcomes us through prayer. Even Jesus himself prayed throughout the entire night. So pay attention to how God speaks to you in the day and night as he prompts you to pray with him wherever you may be. Sometimes even you may have a very strong sense of a prayer covering over you. It may be an army of prayer warriors who are praying up a storm for you. And this may be perhaps in times where your faith is being tested or your soul is really downcast, given in to deep despair, or you feel alone, or maybe there's some brokenness in your heart and people can see it from a mile away on your face. Perhaps there's an illness or a sickness that you're going through and there's a number of things that, that need intercession in prayer. So it's very important to pay attention to that. Essentially, I would encourage you to remember that you are not alone because God is the one who fights these battles. He is the one who will fight for you in prayer. And he invites each and every one of us to fight in prayer for one another as well. And so that's a beautiful place to be as we come to him with the courageous faith and to walk in victory as he's called us to. 
and to pray faithfully and adamantly in prayer and persistently until the answer comes. So God knows what is to come, but he uses prayer as the avenue or the catalyst in order to answer the prayers that he knows that he's going to answer in the first place. So the Apostle Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 6, 8. He encourages us to put on the whole armor of God. He says to pray in the spirit on all occasions, on all kinds, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. So in the process of prayer, we, we learn to discern or sharpen our senses so that we are attuned to the spirit of God. We develop a deeper sensitivity to his promptings and a sense of his presence ever near. And it's really a, a holy intuition or a, a reflex to be able to respond to God immediately when he invites you to prayer, to be able to pay attention to those signs when he nudges you with these gentle whispers of God where he invites you to commune with him in prayer. So it's an important place to just to remember where we are at and just to know that he is the one who's calling us to him. The invitation of God is to know God and to also hear from God and see God as well in signs and even wonders and miracles that he may reveal to us in times even through prayer. So a telltale sign of the nearness of God is really when he specifically answers prayer. I come from a, a very conservative background actually and there was a time and season where I was not familiar with what it said in Luke 3.16. And this is the point where John the Baptist, who was sent as a prophet to point us to Jesus, said this. I baptize you with water, but he who is mighty than, mightier than I is coming. The strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You see, at this point in my faith walk, I had already been baptized with the Holy Spirit. But the question was, you know, what is the baptism with fire? And I had heard a story of a woman who doubted and was suspicious regarding the, 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 the truth behind this passage and what it really means in, in her life. And she asked God for three signs that the baptism with fire was actually real. And the Lord answered her prayer and she was given three signs and she was utterly amazed. So as I was actually quite fascinated by this story, that she would first of all have the audacity to ask him directly and also that God would answer her so quickly. So I went home that same night. I simply prayed this, God baptize me with your fire so that my life would be on fire for you and show me three signs to confirm that this is real and not simply make-believe. So what happens is I, I wake up at 3 a.m. that same night, but I thought nothing of it. I thought that this was simply my unprocessed thoughts or my subconscious mind that was keeping me awake and alert in the middle of the night. The next night comes around and I wake up again precisely at 3 a.m., but th this time around there was this kind of peculiar feeling and there was a sense of perfect peace in the atmosphere and as if someone or, or something was in the room. And then, of course, the third night comes around, and again, precisely at 3 a.m., my heart trembled in his presence. 
I was so moved with joy-filled tears. And I prayed and praised God throughout that night, as you can imagine. And from then on in, there's been this kind of deeper intimacy and this fire and fervor in, in my prayer life with God. And a passion for purity in my devotion to him and a greater capacity even for holiness of God, the holy, the holy things of God. So although there are seasons when you may feel close to God, let's not be ignorant. There's times where we feel very dry seasons in our walk with him. So in those moments, it's all the more vital to, to seek him and pay attention to the signs of his very presence. So Richard Foster puts it this way in his book, Prayer, Finding the Heart's True Home. He encourages us to continue to draw near to God, and he adds this. Begin by inviting God to kindle a fire of love within you. Ask him to develop an ache in your heart. Then, when you are outside of his nearness for any length of time, this ache will begin again in you and will draw you back to his loving presence. You see, the Lord is waiting for you to come back to him with open arms, and he's always waiting. And as we come to him to receive this kind of open invitation, God is more than willing to embrace you and to, to run to you even to embrace you with the fullness of his life and, and love. God promises to draw near to those who draw near to him. It's a very simple encouragement from the Lord. He is close to those who call upon him with humbleness of heart, but also simpleness of heart. It doesn't have to be complicated and trying to figure out all the theological points in terms of what is this or that. God welcomes us and he encourages us to come to him with an open heart and a childlike faith and absolute dependence upon him. So the question is, where are you with your walk with the Lord today? Do you feel close to him or you feel distant? Maybe you feel lost or confused in the wilderness? Perhaps it's a deliberate moment where you're getting lost with him like we preached about last week. God is here to, to welcome you and commune with you. And one of the most beautiful ways that he does that is through prayer as he speaks to you and speaks even through you to commune with him during those times. So as we conclude here, I just want to encourage each and every one of you in your time of prayer. Prayer, first of all, is the language of the heart and soul that is essentially touched by the spirit of his grace. It's a moment when we spend time with God in that secret place and yield ourselves to him or surrender our all and all to him. It's a heart-to-heart -heart conversations with the Lord regarding the cares and the concerns of our heart. And he delights in every little detail of your life. So if you think something's too trivial to bring to God, I would encourage you to think twice about that because God wants to enjoy and commune and live life with you. And his invitation is for you to do the same. So in times of prayer, God welcomes you into that secret place where you spend time with him and hang out. So God wants to make himself known to you whether you know him today or you do not. The invitation is to come to him with childlike faith and to be open but also to be not afraid, which is really one of the most common commandments that God gives to the people that are in his presence. Do not be afraid. We are perfectly and completely known by him, 
and yet he still loves us as we are. That's because of who he is. He's the God of love, and he unconditionally loves us. And there's no better representation than that than Christ our Lord, who demonstrated the very sacrificial love of God the Father to us. And Jesus is the exact representation of his being, and he demonstrated that love for us. So Henry Nouwen said in his book, Spiritual Direction, Wisdom for the Long Walk of Faith, he said this, what do you do during the time and place for prayer? The simple answer is this, just be with Jesus. Let him look at you, touch you, speak to you. Believe that you are in God's presence. Speak in any way your heart desires and learn to listen. Let God be the single fo focus of your time set apart to be in the presence of the Lord. God knows your joy-filled moments and all the cherished memories throughout the years and all that you're grateful for in thanksgiving and prayer. He knows the deep hurts and the pains of the past and the burdens of that have been weighing on your heart in prayer. And he knows each and every one of your highest hopes for the future. God hears your petitions and all of your heart's desires in your past, present, and future simultaneously. God knows everything. And he knows the desires of your heart even when it's beyond your own words. God hears all of your battle cries in prayer against all of the adversaries that you will ever face this side of heaven. And God is here to protect you. God sees all the good that is within you that reflects the light of his face into this world. He sees also the evil in this world and he overshadows the darkness in times and moments of prayer. So from beginning to, get, beginning to end, God's desire is for you to know him, for you to hear him, and for you to see him. First, we get to know him through scripture and praying through the Psalms of God. Second, we get to hear from God through his spirit as we listen to his voice. And third, we get to see God through the signs of the Lord's presence, a reminder that he is near to us in prayer. So let us take a moment to bow our heads and our hearts to thank God for the gift of prayer and the privilege that we've been given to pray as well. Let's pray.